0: What's shaking Fire Nation? JLD here, and welcome to episode 1645 of EO Fire, where I chat with today's most inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. Goals equal success, Fire Nation, and with thefreedomjournal.com, you'll be accomplishing your number one goal in 100 days. Now, let's chat with today's featured guest, Brad Hart. Brad, are you prepared to ignite?
1: Yes, I am. JLD, how are you? Good morning.
0: Brad is committed to helping entrepreneurs reach their full potential so that they can focus on solving the grand challenges of our time. With experience in real estate, investments, trading, marketing, sales, and peak performance strategy, he teaches entrepreneurs the skills to find their flow and thrive in the modern world. Brad, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us just a little glimpse of your personal life.
1: Yeah, good morning, John, and uh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I, um, I'm i a guy who really didn't get it right a lot when I was a kid, you know, I mean, growing up on Long Island, uh, I can remember when I was about five years old. Uh, You know, I'd been a really sheltered kid. So my mom never let me out of the house a whole lot. So finally, they let me out. And, you know, all the other kids a little bit older than me and they had been socialized. And the very first time I was let out of the house, the kids took turns beating me up. You know, when I came back crying that first day, I realized that, you know, it basically I equated having friends with pain. And I spent a lot of time figuring that out. You know, over many years, I, I figured out, you know, hey, I could befriend certain kids and I wouldn't get beat up as much. I learned that, you know, if I was, um, you know, a little bit kinder, a little bit nicer, a little bit funnier, a little bit quick witted, you know, I could do that. And, And throughout my whole life, you know, that became a theme, right? Eventually, I became the class clown in high school, you know, I joined the crew team in college, I always found ways to connect with people. And as an entrepreneur, that ended up really serving me very well, because ultimately, my gift and strength came from my greatest pain. And that's the gift to connect with people. Right. I can empathize with people. I can understand them. And at a deep level, I can build relationships. And over time, the relationships I built, you know, I I prayed when I was a kid that one day I would have a family. Right. Because, you know, my dad passed away when I was pretty young and I didn't have any brothers or sisters. You know, I, I grew up with cousins, but, you know, I felt like I didn't have that really tight knit brotherhood or group. So, you know, now when I travel, I go to all different countries around the world. I've been to most continents now, except for Asia, we're going in April and anywhere I go now, I have a ready, willing family that is willing to take me in. And that's just a, a, you know, a testament to how life works because I had so much pain in the beginning. I really focused on those relationships and building that community. And now I have that. And that's one of the biggest things that's, that's changed everything for me. So that's kind of what I'm here to share with a little bit about today. It's not about, you know. That, that scarcity paradigm, right? If you ever played that game, Hungry Hungry Hippos, you remember grabbing for all the marbles. I'm all about making more marbles uh, for everybody. So that's that's kind of what I want to bring to the to the Fire Nation this morning.
0: I love that mindset of abundance. And Fire Nation is just kind of that one or the two option. It's very binary. Like you're either going to have that mindset of abundance where there's more marbles to be made in that table or to be dropped down, or that mindset of scarcity is that, oh my God, he just grabbed one of those marbles. That means there's one less marble for everybody in this world. And Brad was also kind of dancing around the word empathy a little bit. And if you, Fire Nation, can really show real empathy for people that you're connecting with on a day to day basis, then I know from experience and now, you know, having done over 1,600 and, what is this, 45 episodes of EO Fire, Empathy is huge. Thank you. Empathy is so huge. Like, it's the connection that you're going to make with that by actually caring and connecting and realizing that this isn't just a transaction that Brad and I are doing. This isn't just me having him on the show as like this kind of transactional situation. This is a relationship that we're building. I mean, he's up in Vancouver right now. I'm down here in Puerto Rico. I mean, we're in different parts of this continent. Uh, We're separated by a few degrees in temperature, I'm sure, as well. But, you know, we're really (laughs) connecting here. And that's what you, Fire Nation, need to be doing as you're building your business, that one-on-one connection, that one-on-one empathy. And Brad, just take a quick minute and give us what you consider your area of expertise. And then from that, share with us something within that area of expertise that we probably just don't know because it's not our area of expertise, it's yours, but we should know.
1: I help entrepreneurs define their flow. What does that really mean? It's like, what is the thing that you're great at, right? There's different types of entrepreneurs. And if you're playing somebody else's game, you're likely to not get the same results, right? If you're not playing to your strengths, as they say, and you're trying to just, you know, make your weaknesses mediocre, you're really not going to thrive. So what I really uh, ask people and try to get to the heart of is like, what are you best at? What puts you in flow? What could you do for hours? And it feels like minutes just passed. And once you find that, how do we kind of start surrounding you with people that balance you out? Because all I, you know, all businesses need, you know, four things, let's say ideas, people, um, somebody to put their head down and actually do the work like a service type of mindset. And, uh, they need also somebody who's really good with numbers and you may be one or maybe two of those things. But if you don't surround yourself with two to three other people, at least who can balance you out of the things that you're not great at, your team's really not going to thrive. So, so that flow and that thriving, you know, is really what I help people to do is connect people, re- resources, opportunities, um, you know, and systems together to really grow and thrive in business. So within that
0: growing and thriving, what's something that we all make a mistake doing? What's something that we don't know just because we're clueless that we should know?
1: The first thing you should know is that you were here to do a specific thing, right? You're here to to double down on your strengths. And if you're not doing that, you're not only robbing yourself of an opportunity to step up into, you know, your highest power and, and bring the best things that you can bring to this world. You're also robbing somebody else of an opportunity. You know, let's say, you know, your best gift, John, is to be here on the radio, right? And to be here making these podcasts, but you're stuck in the background working on spreadsheets and that's just not your flow. It doesn't light you up, but somebody else is lit up by doing that work. You're not only robbing yourself of your greatest gift in the world of your greatest gift, but now you're robbing somebody else of a perfectly good job because you, you're not stepping into your flow.
0: Oh, I got to step in here because I can just remember this took me back to 2008. I was in Boston. I was looking for a job after my time in and- um, being in law school, et cetera. And it was really difficult looking around, trying to find what was going to be f- a fit for me. And I remember going to this one office and this person just was talking to me and showing me these spreadsheets that I'd be working on all day. And he was so excited. Like you could see the fire in his eyes. He was lit up. He's like, and you're going to be carrying over this this column to this row and doing all this stuff. And I was just like oh my God, like, kill me now. Like, if I have to do this even for an hour, let alone be closed up for 12 hours in his cubicle doing this, you know, I I won't thrive. This just isn't me. But for him, it was the opposite. He was so excited about it. He was in the perfect fit. He had found his thing. So, Fire Nation, just to kind of sum up what Brad is talking about, Amplify your strengths. Find out the things that you just love that make you come alive and double down on those things. Spend your time there. And that's kind of one of, one of my opinion is the, the big drawbacks to traditional education right now is that you know they try to get people from their Ds and Cs up to Bs and As and what about those B's and A's you're already getting? Why not go to A pluses? Like, why not amplify those strengths? Because we can always hire for our weaknesses. So if you're an entrepreneur, amplify the strengths, hire for your weaknesses. Now, Brad, take us to your worst entrepreneurial moment to date. Take us to that minute in time when it started. Tell us that story.
1: My dad had passed away in about 2010 I had been working in real estate for a couple of years in New York City. So, you know, I felt a little bit more entrepreneurial than I ever had been. I had a ton of jobs throughout my whole life. And, you know, so here I am and I'm, I'm living out in this house, which is a terrible idea, by the way. I decided to take uh, six months to just figure everything out. And I got out of flow. Right. And I was out of my element. And I was out of um you know, the the, the tribe that i built in New York City where I was living. So, you know, long story short, I ended up dating a girl. We moved to San Francisco together without really knowing each other too well. I mean, we had, you know, went to school together when we were super young and she still in my town. But as an adult, we didn't really have a relationship. So here I am. I have no tribe. I'm in a new city. Right. And uh, I started this entrepreneurial venture based on what I knew about Uh, real estate. I, you know, I perceived the biggest problem to be that people couldn't find their own real estate. So I was going to help them solve that problem. And you had to pay at the time an exorbitant broker's fee, like 15% of the year's rent in order to rent an apartment in New York city. So I said, all right, cool. I'm going to put together a little startup. We're going to teach people how to find apartments in New York city without having to pay a broker. And they're going to pay us, you know, 200 bucks and we're going to give them a whole training course on how to do that. Well, you know, I went out on Craigslist and I put some, some kind of you know, posts up and ads up and I got a lot of traffic, like a serious amount of traffic, like tens of thousands of hits, this little landing page I built. So I thought, well, we're in business. Like we've got eyeballs, we've got a product, people want this, this is exciting. I didn't know anything about getting emails, list building, you know, any of that. I couldn't even code a website at that point. So this is like 2011. But, uh, you know, I went full steam ahead. I went out and got all my inventory made up and DVDs and booklets, you know, warning sign, red flag. You're already hearing it. Right. Uh, (laughs) And I probably put, you know, $40,000 into this into this venture thinking I'm going to just crush it. We're going to sell out in minutes. Right. Uh, Because of all the interest I got. So, you know, lo and behold, here comes launch day. I'm excited as a kid on Christmas and we put this thing up on Craigslist and what do you think happens? Immediate flag, right? And then I go and put up the ad a different way in a different category. Immediate flag, 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 flag. I get flagged 10, 12, 15 times to the point where I got so frustrated. I'm like, I want to spend this money, right? I'm actually putting these ads up and paying for this, this time. And I'm like, why won't they just let me advertise? So I literally went on Craigslist terms of service. And I tried to pour through everything and they just kept giving me the same responses. I was, I was emailing, I would say, Hey, you know, what's going on? I don't understand how I'm breaking the terms of service. And they wouldn't really give me an answer. So I literally went with a friend of mine and we got donuts one day and a big box of coffee. And we went to Craigslist San Francisco headquarters, which is just a house, right? And a bunch of people work out of there, including Craig Newmark. So I go and I like literally ring the doorbell and I'm like, Hey, can anybody talk to me? Can anybody talk to me? And they, and I like, I I had pre-framed the meeting with like, Hey, I want to spend like 10,000 a month. I'll commit to spending $10,000 a month on advertising. And this poor sheepish intern girl, she comes down the, the stairs and she's like, they won't talk to you. Please stop bothering us. So, like, <laughs> this, this is the worst. I can't even go make friends with these people. Like, that's all I got. Like, that was my trump card. Like, literally go to there and just beg. Like, please, I'll spend any amount of money. Just let me advertise on your platform. But what I learned that day was really important. And obviously that ended up being a failure and I ended up just having to destroy all that inventory and, and, and move on. But, um, what I learned was two things like a, people didn't want to put all that work in. And the reason that the brokerage community exists is not because, you know, people are lazy or they don't want to. It's just because, um, the landlords had this really great deal worked out because of the high demand in New York city, where essentially they have this army of professional real estate agents who can work for free for them in order to bring them vetted deals. that was one piece. other piece is Craigslist is catering to that, right? They make millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars off of selling ads to realtors to connect them with potential customers and clients. It's an incredible system that only exists really in New York City. I've never seen it anywhere else for that type of money. And then the tenant has to pay for all this, because that's just it, right? It's like that, that high demand, low supply system. Five uh, landlords in New York City own more than 50% of the rental real estate as far as I know. Like billion dollar private companies like Manicharian, Pan Am, BLDG, Salil, like all these different companies. Um, so, so that was like a big lesson. It's like I didn't understand the incumbencies in place and it cost me a lot of money. And there was nothing I could do, no amount of glad handing, no amount of relationship building, no amount of like, hey, I'll spend more money, like just didn't matter. Right. I was up against something where I had no control and that was really difficult. So that was a that was a painful lesson I could have learned differently if I had started today, for example, I probably would have, you know, tried to um, to iterate a little bit, maybe build an email list, you know, verify that I could continue to advertise, speak to the advertisement platform, et cetera, et cetera. There's a million ways I could have done that, not bought inventory, you know. But uh, that was a huge lesson for me. I lost a lot of money on that.
0: Well, you just shared like a lot of little lessons learned. Like what is the biggest that you would say that if you yeah. were starting today and it doesn't even have to be in that exact same thing, but just for our listeners sure. who are saying, you know, I found a pain point. I know this. I know that. I know this is a great opportunity. How do I verify this first? What would be that thing?
1: I think you need to talk to everybody and and including customers like I was I was really um afraid at that point, I think, or, or didn't think I need to, like, I was totally going off the Tim Ferris playbook, the four hour workweek playbook at that point. So like, I didn't actually have conversations with my customers and clients to understand their needs, or talk to everybody from end to end. Like, so having the conversations, I think is probably the biggest lesson. there. Yeah.
0: And fire nation, I got to say this, I mean, you need as an individual to have that one-on-one conversation, which people are scared of having, because they're like, that's not scalable. I can't have one-on-one conversations with all my clients. No, it's in the early days when you're mining, you just have those one-on-one conversations because that information that you pull out of those conversations will be infinitely scalable that will be gold if you put in that work up front and are willing to do things that don't scale have those one-on-ones now Brad that was an aha moment obviously that you now have in hindsight of what you should have done what's another one of your greatest ideas that you've had today I mean you've had a lot of successes since then what's one of those great ideas that you've had walk us through that process
1: Yeah. So this is actually a great kind of segue because just after that, you know, it it was like, all right, well, that's failing. What can I do next? And I had always been interested in finance and real estate and a couple other things. But but specifically, like something about finance, about trading like that really excited me. So I started uh, really doubling down on my education and investing. And, uh, I was really excited since about 2009, I got into these 3d printing stocks. I don't know if you're familiar with 3d printing, uh, but essentially it's additive manufacturing. So it's like moving the world from mass production to mass customization. So everybody gets their own widget instead of everybody gets the same widget. So for me, you know, I thought 3d printing and I still think 3d printing is going to change the way that manufacturing is done. Um, and I, I had this series of instances happen where essentially, you know, I would talk to one person. They would lead me to another person. I ended up getting the ear of Richard Branson and talking to him about three D printing. Like anybody would listen, literally. Like it was pretty cool. And and to have you know a billionaire like the rebel billionaire be like really <laughs> excited about an idea that I had, I was like really. And he's like, yeah, you should email me about that. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll email you, Richard Branson. I'm like this is a young kid, <laughs> like 25 years old. Totally. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing right now. I'm totally, you know, out out of my element. Um, but you know, I came back and you know, one thing led to another, and I I started this little investment group again, relying on on my strength with people, of of people who I'd share investment ideas with, and obviously my big ideas with 3D printing. So this is about 2012. One person um, picked up on that and said, Hey, you know, it would be really great. You should write for my article or my column in Forbes. So I did. It was great, and that blew up. And then somebody read the article and reached out to me and said, Hey, I took one of your stock tips. Um, you know, cause the stocks went up like 10 X at one point. I took one of your stock tips and I paid for my wedding with it. I'm like, get out of here. This is great. He's like, yeah, how do I give you money to manage? I'm like, what <laughs> money to manage? <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? Again, you know, like 25 years old. And then, uh, so I, I turned around again to like my really smart, you know, people in my network and my mentors. And I said, Hey, you know, what do I do with this? They said, Oh, you should start a hedge fund. I'm like a hedge fund. Now we're really getting off the, off the crazy train here. So, you know, I just kept doing things like that. I kept having conversations with people and relying on my strength and talking to smart people. I'm like, oh yeah, you do this. Here's a lawyer. Uh, one guy would say, oh, here's a, here's a great accountant I use for investments. And um, you know, you set it up in Delaware, you do this, that, and the other thing I'm like, wow, I could really actually put this together. And I, I went to some of my mentors and I went to some of my uh, people I'd met over the years and i talked to 200 people and I got 17 of them to invest. And in. Lo and behold, we got him, you know, we had a hedge fund, like legit, like SEC verified, you know, Blue Sky laws, the whole shebangabang.
0: Well, one thing that I want to jump in here and talk about for you, Fire Nation, that I love about this story specifically is one cool idea, not even a great idea, just a cool idea that you're excited about, that you're like, this seems pretty, pretty awesome, but you don't know where it's going to lead the doors that are going to open up, like the opportunities that are just going to unfold just by you taking that next step. I mean, it always goes back to that Martin Luther King quote. You don't need to see the whole staircase to take that first step. And so many people never take that first step because they're like, well, I don't know exactly where this is going. Brad had no idea this was maybe going to lead to a hedge fund down the road. But that first idea, that first step, the 3D printing led to this, led to that. Richard Branson, CPAs. What, you know, what are you going to say? What are you going to do? Who knows? Open those doors. There you are. You open your eyes up a, a couple years later. Who, who knows how long? And you have something in front of you that you're like, I never knew I would have gone here right now, but I took that first step. And now Brad, right now, today, 2017, what are you most fired up about?
1: You know what I'm most fired up about right now, John, is I see we have an opportunity really with technology to change our world and and I think we could do that in a few different ways but the ones I'm focusing on right now are food, energy, water and shelter and sustainability right getting everybody up to that basic you know, either through demonetization or democratization or or just, you know, bringing the cost down basically of everything to the point where everybody can have a very basic standard of living. So they're not so much focused on just surviving all the time, but they can actually begin to use their creativity and energy to thrive. And and I think the key domino there is energy, right? If we can get like, I, I, I follow Elon Musk a lot. He talks about having a hundred gigafactories putting out two billion power walls, and that would take us off, you know, the grid, basically the, the coal and fossil fuel grid. Uh, and I think that's really important, right? If we can get that key domino to tip and use solar energy and batteries and not cook ourselves basically in our atmosphere, Uh, that can open the way for a lot of other things, you know, food, ubiquity, water, um, shelter for the masses, you know, getting off of this planet, making, uh, you know, humanity not of a single point of failure system. It's kind of an incredible thing. So, so that's what I want to focus most of my energy on going forward. Well, I'm
0: fired up about that. I mean, to use like a real simplistic example that I've thought about a few times, because I've read great books like Sapiens and Guns, Guns, Mm -hmm. Guns, Germs and Steel, like a lot of great books like that. So I think about like, you know, the early tribes like back in Africa or, you know, Asia, wherever it might be. And, you know, a woman would wake up and her job for the day was to like trek a mile to get fresh water and to wash clothes and to do this and to do that and then to come back. And then basically like her day was done and the man's job was to wake up and to go out and to come back with like a squirrel or like, you know, a piece, a morsel of food for dinner. And like that took up all of their day. And so now think about it, where I can just like go into Amazon and I can click, you know, fresh and like have food delivered to my doorstep in an hour. Like, I'm not even having to now to take that hour to drive to Walmart or to wherever to to buy stuff. Like it's just coming to my door. I'm just continuously taking time back. So where before, you know, that woman or that man had to spend all of their time, all of their energy for really one task to just survive. Now we're kind of taking all that, that time back because of technology and we're able to apply it to other things to continue to do this. And it just, it's, Insane to me, like what could happen now that we're essentially taking back all of this time that we used to need just to survive, just to put food in our mouth and water in our bodies. And again, this is just me because I love history and I've been going back and reading those great books again, Sapiens, Guns, Germs, and Steel. Great books that kind of just walk you through this evolution that we've gone through. Really exciting stuff. But the reality right now, Brad, is that we're about to enter the lightning round after we thank our sponsors. Design projects can be tricky. Building and establishing your brand, it's hard work, and if you're not a designer, then it can be very time-consuming and costly to get great design work done. That's why there's Design Crowd. Rather than paying expensive fees and waiting weeks for an agency to pitch an idea or create a great-looking logo for you, you can have what you need within days. All you have to do is launch your brief, then designers will begin submitting quality designs for your review. Within hours, you'll receive your first design, and over the course of several days, a typical project will receive 60 to 100-plus different designs to choose from. All that's left to do is pick the best design and approve Payment to the designer. Visit designcrowd.com slash fire. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D.com slash fire for a special $100 VIP offer or simply enter the discount code fire when posting your project on Design Crowd. Have you ever hired a promising applicant only to find out their best performance was during the job interview? Whether you're screening candidates for an important position or looking for ways to improve productivity, Caliper can help. Caliper offers in-depth assessments for potential hires and current employees. Their deep knowledge and personality insights uncover key traits and behaviors, plus what motivates employees to succeed. And Caliper's unique approach works with every size company. In fact, their science and expertise have helped over 30,000 businesses hire. Retain and develop top talent. Assess your team today for free, and you'll discover what makes each person tick and how to improve the performance of your team. They'll also give you an hour of free consulting. To find out more, visit calipercorp.comslash fire. That's slash fire. Brad, are you prepared to rock the lightning rounds?
1: Yes, sir. Right on. <laughs>
0: what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: I think a lot of it was just fear. Like you said earlier, I mean, you know, taking that, uh, that first step is everything. And when I realized that I didn't have to see like an orchard is not one tree, John, that's a great way to look at it. Like you don't plant one tree and say, there's my orchard. You plant like a thousand cause you have no earthly idea which ones are going to thrive and which ones are going to die. But if you plant enough and you, you, you kind of tend to them over time, they produce a lot of fruit. So again, don't, don't pay attention to one tree, build an orchard. What's the best advice you've ever received? Tim Ferriss told me, and I think Oprah said this first, you can have it all, but you can't have it all at once. What's a
0: personal habit that contributes to your success?
1: Oh, I'm just unstoppable when I get my arms around an idea. You know, I just I just hammer it. Just my ability to plow through 14 hours a day. We just booked out like 20 trips for a uh, (laughs) for a trip to China to source (laughs) products in in, like four days because I'm a maniac and I do 14 hour days and like on calls with Australia. So like that's my number one for sure is just tenacity.
0: Share an Internet resource like Evernote with Fire Nation.
1: Oh, you know what I've been really loving lately is this thing uh, by my friend Sujan Patel. You might know him. It's called Mailshake, and it allows you to send you know very directed, personalized notes. They don't have unsubscribes or anything like that um, to to a limited number of people. So it's actually a really great way to do reach outs uh, so you don't have to do them individually.
0: If you could recommend just one book, what would it be and why?
1: Abundance by Peter Diamandis changed my life and the way I look at the world. Um, anything by him or Stephen Kotler I would recommend.
0: Brad, let's end today on fire with a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you. And then we'll say goodbye.
1: Thank you, John, so much. And thank you, Fire Nation, for having me. Um, The last piece of guidance I want to offer is that, you know, your mission needs to be large enough to encompass more than just you. Right. If it's all about you, well, you're not going to make a whole lot of money. You're not going to have a lot of resources, joy, connections, You know, flow into your life, but life has a tendency to take care of that which supports life. So, if you want to make more money, just to use an example, you really need to expand your vision to encompass your family, your tribe, your community, and the world at large, right? Because at that point, you're thinking big enough where you're going to create enough movement and energy transference, essentially going to add enough value to bring in the kind of money that you really want. Billionaires don't need a billion dollars because they need a billion dollars. They can never spend that money in their lifetime, but their mission is big enough to serve the world and therefore the billions come.
0: And the best way we can connect with you.
1: So I actually made up a really cool little sheet for you guys. It's at makemoremarbles.com slash EOF. And that's going to be up today. And you guys can go check out all the resources I have around finance, tribe building, productivity, anything you want to know. Uh, I have a 30-day alcohol challenge on there if you guys are looking for a new fun thing. There's a lot of great stuff. I'm going to update that right now for you.
0: Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with BH and JLD today, so keep up the heat. And head over to eofire.com. If you just type Brad in the search bar, his show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. These are the best show notes in the biz. Timestamps, links galore. And Brad, I want to thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side.
1: Thank you, John. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Brad today. And if you are ready to turn your funnels on fire, we have a free step-by-step course created by me, JLD, and Caitlin Erickson. Head over to funnelonfire.com. I will catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side.